You're listening to Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio. So we do want to get to our next guest. Um, in terms of news out of the Fed today, the Federal Reserve said, uh, well, we start a financial crisis-era program to help U.S. companies borrow through the commercial paper market after it came under considerable strain due to the coronavirus pandemic. And this, of course, after a second emergency rate cut that took rates down to zero. We got that second emergency cut on Sunday. Stephen Skanky is chief economic advisor at Keel Point. He is former U.S. Treasury and White House National Security Council staff member uh, based typically in Washington, but joining us from Cape Canaveral, Florida. Uh, Stephen, uh, really good to have you here with us. Steve, tell us a little bit about what you've seen from the Fed so far. Logical, makes sense, and is it what we needed? Well, Carol, thanks. It's always great to be with you. Uh, And it's been interesting to watch the Fed act uh, decisively and preemptively over this this past week. Uh, It's interesting that what they did on Sunday night didn't... uh, didn't seem to please the markets very much uh, when they they sold off uh, incredibly uh, yesterday. Why did the market sell uh, off, in your view? Why did they? uh, I think it was two things. Uh, One is uh, uh, the Fed took a lot of actions, and it's hard to understand what all of them mean in a short period of time. And because it was so uh, significant and happened on a Sunday evening, I think uh, markets were afraid that maybe the, fra- uh, the, the Fed was afraid of something that wasn't apparent to them. So it was really fearing what the Fed was fearing to, uh, to be so preemptive on a Sunday evening. I think the second thing is that uh, uh, everyone is still waiting to, to hear what the fiscal support and stimulus is going to be. There's been a lot of talk about it. The, the House passed a bill last Friday. Uh, they continue to talk about it, uh, uh, obviously, after the announcements uh, and some of the comments made yesterday from the White House. Uh, the, the markets took a big, uh, a big dive after that. Uh, I think out of concern that uh, good discussion, but uh, a more prolonged period uh, from the views of uh, the policy managers of the White House, I think, that folks have been expecting and no specific action on caring for consumers, uh, supporting consumer spending, and doing the things that the government needs to do on the fiscal side in addition to what they're trying to do on the uh, care side. Yeah, and and so, Steve, let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, you've worked inside the Treasury. You understand sort of all the levers that can be pulled. We have seen, we were talking about this with one of our colleagues earlier, we've really seen the Secretary of the Treasury step into this in a clear leadership role the chief negotiator with the Congress, uh, Stephen Mnuchin, has been. Uh, is that something you expected? How needed is that element at this point? It's been very needed. Uh, he was he was very present in the negotiations last week with the House and with Speaker Pelosi, and they came to uh, a, a good first step agreement. Uh, and I think that that was well received, and it got passed on Friday. But nothing happened with the Senate over the weekend. And there was a lot of conversation, and uh, Secretary Mnuchin was uh, uh, not part of the uh, the discussion yesterday, which focused on the uh, epidemiology and care and testing. Uh, and, and the president uh, clearly said that uh, you know this this could continue with us through July and August. Uh, and I think he was being wise in saying that, but it was said with a little bit of imprecision, uh, without 
sort of articulating what that might mean in mm-hmm. terms of what the, the government can do, the Congress and the White House, on the, the fiscal support side of things. And so that was missed yesterday. Uh, and and markets, uh, markets closed in the midst of that. Uh, yeah, they kind really of made it down. pay for that lack of detail, didn't they, yesterday? <laughs> they, they really did. Uh, they extracted a big price uh, as a result of that lack of clarity on that point. Right. So how, what are you telling your team at Keel Point? I mean, we're seeing lots of stories come out about, you know, big Wall Street firms saying, okay, Morgan Stanley Goldman de- declare global recession is underway. You know, um, how do you see it? What are you telling your team? Is it a case of it's, a, it's two quarters and then we do bounce back pretty quickly once we get through it? How do you see it, Steve? It, it's going to depend significantly on, on what happens in this next quarter and what we also see from uh, uh, China's uh, dive in this, uh, this first quarter. You know, they're about two and a half months ahead of the rest of us. Uh, they, they, really, they really started to feel the effects uh, and, and try to do something about this in uh, early to mid-January. Uh, and, and so here we are, I'll just say two and a half months later, and they're starting to come out the other side. Uh, they're reopening some factories. They're starting to refill the supply chain. And, and, and that's actually quite encouraging uh, uh, to see that. Uh, Steve, I, w- I want to pick up where we left off, which is this whole notion of understanding the rest of the world and specifically China. You know, Carol raised this possibility that we've heard from some of our reporting that, you know, maybe China, as they tend to do, is gaming the data a little bit to show an improvement. How much do you worry about that, especially as you model out a global economic recovery from this virus? Well, we always have to be concerned about that. And, and as you know, and as Carol pointed out, uh, we're always looking at alternative indicators of uh, Chinese economic activity. Uh, the, the, the rest of the world has typically has one estimate of China GDP growth, and China has another one that it reports. Right. <laughs> uh, but what I was, what I was uh, mentioning earlier is that uh, uh, e- even though no doubt there is, uh, there is some amount of uh, – turning on the lights and, uh, and trying to uh, uh, suggest that there's economic activity when there's not. Uh, there, there is also some uh, anecdotal information that just floats by, um, uh, some of which probably is credible, some maybe not, that uh, indicates that there is a restarting of the, uh, the production process and filling the, the, the supply lane uh, uh, from China. And uh, to the extent that that's happening, that's just helpful information in terms of uh, dating what we might uh, think to be the, uh, the timeline of this cycle. Uh, where the United States is uh, in it compared to where China was and how they processed through may be completely different. Uh, but uh, it's one thing to think that uh, you can come through the, uh, the illness uh, part of it uh, in two and a half months. Uh, than it is to think that it might be five or six months. And uh, so the more we can get out of China that uh, that gives us insight into that, the more it will be helpful uh, to uh, economic planners and certainly to financial markets in uh, trying to gauge, is, is this going to be, in the United States, a uh, uh, deep uh, mm-hmm. uh, dive for economic growth and economic indicators and corporate earnings in the second uh, quarter? And then 
start to come out of it in, in the third. Um, I think it's pretty clear that uh, earnings are going to suffer certainly in the second and third quarter. Uh, can they come out in the fourth? Maybe it, it, it all depends on how quickly uh, production and spending uh, rebound. Uh, but those are things that we're watching for. Uh, you probably saw that uh, consumer spending numbers uh, came in fairly positive for, for the month of February. Uh, that was encouraging. Uh, they were off a little bit because of auto sales and, uh, and lower gasoline prices. Uh, the consumer confidence numbers that came out a few days ago uh, still uh, from early March and, uh, and not fully reflecting what we're, what we're experiencing, but, but relatively positive, uh, all to say that we're coming into this very challenging period of time uh, with a pretty strong base. Do you feel like the financial markets accurately reflect what's going on? Um, the, the, the financial markets have so much information coming at them. It's really hard to digest and act uh, um, in real time with all that we're seeing and experiencing. And, that's part of what contributes to the markets being off 12 yesterday and up six today. And if you sort of go back, uh, it's almost every other day or every other two days that, uh, that we get a rebound. And uh, part of the rebound that we had today was just uh, coming back to, uh, to a more logical point right. from overselling off yesterday. Uh, and the information that comes in, in, in real time. I mean, yesterday, the, uh, the White House press conference with the president and, and that other array of uh, uh, talented senior leaders uh, in government was happening in the last hour of the market. Hmm. So, yeah. so yeah. Uh, you know, how, how can you expect the market to, to process that uh, in a way that fully incorporates uh, the information that they're getting and, and that they just have a different perspective on overnight. Right. Well, and it's clear that also, and there's been a lot written by us and others about this, that you also have humans fighting machines in the market too, to be honest. And, and that is yeah. uh, in part accounting for a lot of these wild swings. You know, Steve, before we let you go, just got to ask you, I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't. You st- helped staff the the White House uh, National Security Council. You worked in the, in the Treasury what do you make of this administration's response at this point? You've been in those rooms. You understand the high stakes uh, that are in, involved here. Where are we in terms of the administration's response? I think the administration is uh, is, is struggling uh, in, in what is a very difficult uh, situation. We don't encounter these things all the time. But, but one of the things that I would say that I see that's different um, is there the, the resources, the intellectual talent and capacity of the U.S. government is, is extraordinary and well beyond what is, uh, for the most part, ever tapped into. Mm. Uh, and, and I do think uh, if, we, if we just sort of look at it objectively, um, the, the, the leadership in the executive branch, I think, was a little bit slow to, to get fully tapped into uh, uh, all of that talent and, and resources to uh, uh, as quickly as they might have. Yeah. And, and so we were a little bit slow out of the gate. And uh, when, when you saw the team that they had arrayed there yesterday, yeah. top talent, uh, uh, they, they 
but they maybe started a little bit late, and uh, and so they're in overdrive to uh, uh, to catch up, uh, and, and that's just hard. Uh, anytime you're in government and you're behind the you're behind the curve, and you've right. got you've got indicators that are just pummeling you daily, and and you're trying to create a sense of calm when it's very hard to do that uh, uh, from behind the wave. Yeah. All right. We're going to leave it there. Really enjoyed catching up with you. Great perspective, uh, as always. Dr. Stephen Skanke is Chief Economic Advisor for Keel Point. Joining us from Florida, he also worked in the Treasury and uh, helped staff the White House National Security Council. He knows what he's talking about, folks, and some really good uh, insights in. And, Carol, I dare say a little bit of optimism uh, there that maybe we're starting to get our arms around where we may go from here.